When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and a Vatican enthusiast. I'm also a huge fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day I'm going to share one of my favorite deep cuts with you, so let's take a look at today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365. Today, in 1929, Vatican City officially became an independent state. This happened via a treaty called the Lateran Treaty. The treaty was an agreement between Italy and Vatican City that let Vatican City operate as an independent state. The treaty was created to settle the so-called Roman question, how to regulate control between Italy as a nation and the various Catholic entities that were traditionally housed within it. The purpose of the Lateran Treaty was several fold. First, it decreed that the state of Vatican City was both legitimate and sovereign, meaning it could independently govern itself. It also began regulations for the relations between the Roman Catholic Church and the Italian government. It also laid out specific regions of Italy for governance and noted tax appropriations for municipal buildings. Additionally, the Lateran Treaty made Vatican City under the complete jurisdiction of the Holy See. What's the Holy See, you ask? It dates all the way back to early Christianity. It's basically the group of people who govern the Catholic Church. It's believed to have been founded by Peter and Paul in the first century. All of this makes Vatican City an ecclesiastical state, which is a type of theocracy. It is ruled by the Pope, who is both the Bishop of Rome and the head of the Catholic Church. Everyone who works in the governance of Vatican City is a high-ranking Catholic clergy member. The Holy See is responsible for maintaining the Vatican City's temporal, spiritual, and diplomatic independence. The treaty was signed on February 11th, and then ratified today, in 1929, officially making Vatican City an independent state. The Pope himself lives at the Apostolic Palace. It contains the Pope's apartment, offices for other members of the Church and Holy See, several sites of worship, a museum, and a library. Some parts of the palace are open to tourists, while others are reserved for clergymen. Other sites within Vatican City are St. Peter's Basilica, the Sistine Chapel, and the Vatican Museums. Vatican City is the smallest sovereign state in the world. At only 141 acres and 825 permanent residents, this means that Vatican City is about one-eighth the size of Central Park. Out of the permanent residents, only about half actually live within Vatican City. The rest are diplomats who travel or live in foreign nations to conduct their official business. The economy of Vatican City is totally funded by donations from those of the Catholic faith, the sale of souvenirs, and the price of admission to museums. Because of this, there are no taxes. It is completely self-sufficient. It prints its own stamps, prints its own money, issues passports and license plates, and runs its own state media. The Vatican's economy is notoriously veiled in secrecy, so it's hard to tell what the exact figures of their income and expenditures are. 
and the Vatican Bank has been repeatedly investigated for financial misconduct. The current pope is Pope Francis. He was born in Argentina, which makes him the first pope from the Americas. He has an untraditional past for a Catholic official. In his youth, he worked as both a bouncer and a janitor before becoming a chemist and spending years working in a laboratory. He was inspired to join the Society of Jesus in 1958 after recovering from a severe bout of illness. He became a Catholic priest in 1969 and went on to become the Archbishop of Buenos Aires. He was elected to become the successor of Pope Benedict, who resigned amidst a scandal in February 2013. Though Pope Benedict claimed he resigned because of declining health, it's widely believed that he was under scrutiny for having knowledge of sexual assault and pedophilia in the Catholic Church and not taking action to stop it. Though Pope Francis still holds many traditional conservative Catholic views, he is more liberal than many of his predecessors. He has offered more women positions in the church than is traditional, and he states that the church should be more welcoming of LGBTQ individuals. He believes in the legal recognition of same-sex marriage. Additionally, he's a harsh critic of capitalism and speaks out often on consumerism and overdevelopment and is an advocate for climate action. Let's hope this new wave of openness from the Vatican continues into the rest of this century. Now let's talk about music. Today, in 2019, Sonic Youth released Sonic Youth Battery Park. This is a little confusing because the official name of the album is Sonic Youth Battery Park July 4th. Huh? Well, the album is a live album from a concert at Battery Park on July 4th, 2008. Though the June 7th release date is also in the summer, otherwise, the two dates don't have anything in common. Prior to this digital release, the live Battery Park album was only available to people who had purchased physical copies of Sonic Youth's last album, The Eternal. The album contains live versions of songs from various eras of Sonic Youth's 30-year run. And now for today's final segment, I will be going into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a June 7th in my life. June 7th, 2019, I have a photo here of me on the flight back from Brooklyn, New York after just finishing my album, The Masquerade. Um, I don't really have many photos from this day. I have a selfie of me looking incredibly tired, a screenshot of listening to Juice by Lizzo on my phone, and a photo of my Delta screen in front of me that didn't work the entire flight because I really wanted to watch a movie and for some reason it wouldn't turn on. And then I have a video of my dogs greeting me the moment that I got home. Um, I was so excited to be home. The trip that I did for the album was like the first time that I was away from my family for an extended period of time. It was only three weeks and now I'm like I do work for months on end without necessarily flying back to California, but I was very proud of myself. I was extremely happy to have been done with a project that I was really working hard on and was so happy with the progress on and everything. So yeah, I finished my album on June 7th, 2019. Thanks for going back in time with me and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can come back tomorrow for more stories from the past. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365.